Welcome to the Naked Truth. Peace to you and happy Independence Day at um, so that you may hear some fireworks and things while we're having this reading. That's because it is the 4th of July, the traditional Independence Day, the Independence Day for us as black people is yet to come <laughs> where we're truly treated as the Constitution calls for. Uh, but God willing, that day will come. So anyway, we're going to pick up where we left off um, in the book of Numbers. That's the fourth book in the Bible, verse 31. You know, if the people who thought the Bible and who can't claim to be constitutionalists and pretend it is some divine uh, document really felt that way, then those are, should be the main people pushing for reparations and things like that since the constitution calls for all sorts of different rights that black people have been traditionally and currently denied systematically shamefully just something to consider verse 1 of numbers chapter 31 and again that's the fourth book in the bible old testament and um verse 1 and the lord spoke to moses saying so, like we always say, um, it's the, it says the Lord is having a conversation with Moses, um, even though the other parts of the Bible, such as the book of John, contradict this, uh, beginning even at John chapter 1. So, keep that in mind as a Christian person, that this is an article of faith for someone of another faith um, that precedes the um, different Christian faith, although they don't precede Christ as we believers believe the Christ to exist, at least in my understanding of um, Christ and God and all of that. Verse 2, no disrespect intended. Verse 2, take vengeance on the Midianites for the children of Israel. Afterward, you shall be gathered to your people. So, very interesting and heavy statement there. Um, the Lord is telling Moses, giving Moses a prophecy, but also uh, an order. First, we'll start with order, since that's how it's listed. The order is that he's gonna, he's supposed to go and take vengeance on another group of people, the Midianites. That's the same group of people who... Um, Moses, one of Moses' wives, wives comes from Zippor, I think is her name, came from the high priest of Midian, uh, his daughter. And um, so now suddenly they're being given an order to attack them, or at least that's what it sounds like. Maybe, maybe attack isn't what's going to happen. It says, though, take vengeance, and that generally means an attack. Um, on those people. The other thing that's happening, an even heavier thing for poor Moses, is the prophecy that he's going to be gathered to his people, meaning he's about to die. His time is up. Um, and is that what God Almighty would have Moses doing with his last moments of life on earth? Unless, of course, God knows that's not the end for him. And uh, he, and we've read in other parts of the New Testament of Christianity that point to things like uh, a reincarnation in in the way we understand it to be. 
So maybe that's entirely possible. Um, that's why it seems like God is having a kind of cavalier attitude about giving Moses one last mission to go on um, before he dies. <clears throat> Excuse me, but that's what he's letting him know. Verse 4, a thousand from each tribe of all the tribes of Israel you shall send to the war. So he's definitely sending it, uh, commanding Moses to attack the Midianites. Basically, his family, his in-laws. Um, but um, let's see, even saying send a thousand people to do it of the congregation. Like I said, it was it sounded like they were becoming an army and that's what they're becoming. They've become. Now they they're becoming an army and being sent out to attack the um people they encounter. Verse five. So there were recruited from the divisions of Israel one thousand from each tribe, twelve thousand armed for war. So that's a whole lot of people recruited real quick when it's the Lord quote-unquote telling you to do it and you have the people in charge the elite as we call them in the modern times the one percent who are commanding it be done and believe that a whole lot of those one percent are religious people that's not to say they're christians in the sense that they follow what christ has to say they may be some sort of other sect saying they're christians but don't actually do anything that christ says they, we know that because look how quickly when that one, one singular building uh, caught fire and burned down, one singular billion dollars with the B was raised in one singular day for that. So we know that the elite have a part with religion and religion and the elite have a part with politics and power. So it's just all one machine working together. With media, the scribes as they're called in the Bible. There's nothing really new about any of it. It's just taking different names. Like trans people take a different name. But you're still the same person ultimately on the inside. You just get to blossom like a flower or like a transition. Like a butterfly um, from a cocoon. and Or something like that. But still ultimately the same on the inside. And how people perceive you on the outside is what really changes your um, outlook on things. So anyway, they've um, been told to recruit 12,000 and um, 1,000 from each of the tribes. So verse 5, so they were recruited from the divisions of Israel, 1,000 from each tribe, 12,000 armed for war. So the people were recruited and gathered together to go to the battle. Verse 6, then Moses sent them to the war, 1,000 from each tribe. He sent them to the war with Phinehas, the son of Eleazar the priest, with the holy articles and the signal trumpets in his hand. So the people have been drafted, because that's pretty much what's happened. The people were drafted to go to the war. It says recruited, so maybe it was voluntary. Um, but they've been sent 12,000 people just like that to go fight the people for a reason not clear yet. Says again, these are Moses' in laws. It's um, the family of one of his wives. Um, but for some reason, the Lord has called for war on them. 
verse 7, and they warred against the Midianites, just as the Lord commanded Moses, and they killed all the males. So, uh, war and killing, and by plan, so premeditation, so isn't, isn't, isn't that the bar for murder, which is one of the commandments, thou shalt not murder, or, or thou shalt not However, they try to twist it to justify it. Either way, it's planning to take someone's lives and doing it and killing all the males. And it says killing there because that's what's happening. And let's see if just by chance, if the previous translations that say a verse seven come out to something else, because maybe it does make a difference. Let's see. It's saying Lord as translated from the word Jehovah still. Um, let's see, and it's saying the word slew is what is what is coming from, and they slew. Um, slaughter is what you do to a chicken, isn't it? What you do with an animal, it happens because you intend to go in and kill it, and you do kill it, take its life, and do whatever with it, whether it's eat it or cast a spell with it or. Uh, make an offering with it. Uh, whatever you're doing with it was entirely planned. So, yes, murder, which you were commanded not to do by the same Lord, of, by, to the same people, presumably by the same Lord, and yet they're being told to go in and kill people for a reason uncertain so far. Unless I might have forgotten that. Entirely possible. Entirely possible. Maui Waui is something else. They warred against the Midianites, just as the Lord commanded Moses, and they killed all the males, so they were obedient and did it. They killed the kings of Midian with the rest of those who were killed. Evi, Rechem, Zerher, and Reba, the five kings of Midian. Malam, the son of Beor, they also killed with the sword. So I might have pronounced this wrong. God forgive me. Please forgive me if I did. Um, but notice that who they killed. They killed um, off all those people. But they also killed off that prophet. Who was able to conjure up the Lord. And get the Lord to appear. Remember the way he got the Lord to appear. Was going having an altar built. And then offering this that and the other on it. With the, with the slain animals. And we get an appearance from the Lord, and not only an appearance on command, but also get, uh, get, um, get, uh, it was on command appearances. Oh, and also a message. So he'd get the an answer to what it is he was going there for, inquiring of, as they call it. Uh, so if you are a person who believes the whole Bible, why don't you do that? And when you do, uh, Say a prayer for me, the one who turned you on to it. It's right here in the Bible. So, um, in this case, though, it's all of them being killed, including the prophet. And um, we say Balaam and Balak, I guess, was the prophet. So, uh, if I'm right, I keep getting those confused. One of them is the prophet, and one of them was the one who went looking for answers, inquiring as they call it. Um, but either way, um, uh, they killed them, knocked them off. Um, verse 9, 
and the children of Israel um, took the women of Midian captive with their little ones and took as spoil all their cattle, all their flocks, and all their goods. So they are looting. They're looting and taking what they used to call booty. Not the modern sense of booty, but in the old school sense of booty, the things that they're looting. And that's what they're doing. And look what they're also looting. It aren't, it's not just things like TVs and phones. It's instead people. They're looting slaves. They're looting people who may have been free before them, but they're enslaved now because they're looting them as if they were property and slaves. Um, although it says women, so um, that's probably no accident. Um, just like because they killed all the males, let's see, and their little ones. So they took the children too, so probably almost certainly some of those are little boys. Um, but also their animals and whatnot. They took all of that stuff. Thank God it's not... Well, let's keep reading. Verse 10. They also burned with fire all the cities where they dwell and their forts. So um, they're looting everything and burning the other stuff down. The um, buildings where they were dwelling. Verse 11, and they took all the spoil and all the booty. Oh, there it is. All the spoil and all the booty of man, man and beast. So it says they took the booty of man. It's not the kind of booty of man that I like to take. Instead, it's the booty of man that you, you know, we were just talking about looting booty that they're taking. Where they've um, gone to and attacked a place. Um, it seems unprovoked. Although, it see, the Lord did tell him to do it according to the narrative. That's who told him to do it. Um, and before he dies, by the way, again. Um, so he's gone and killed all those people and looted them, taking all their stuff. Uh, verse 12. And I guess I do remember the reason being that the justification was given that the Lord was angry that the people were sort of seduced away, to put it in common English, um, from being faithful to God by the people of that area, which again, the, Moses was married to one, at least was married to one, and uh, almost certainly a certain, a second person also, um, but at least one, when it mentions two. So, Figure it however you can, um, but it's um, either way for that reason that they were lured away, not because Moses was, but because the people were lured away, and not just because they were lured away sexually to have, you know involve themselves with the people in that sense, but because they got involved with their way of worship, their idols, their religion. It was um, a turnoff to the religion of the people at the time verse 13 and Moses Eliezer and Moses Eliezer the priest and all the leaders of the congregation went to meet them outside at the camp so um, Moses is the same Ten Commandments Moses Eliezer is the priest now that Aaron is gone and Aaron dead passed on his son Eliezer is now the high priest who sort of tags along with Moses. 
Um, but Joshua is the one who's going to take um, the place of of um, of one of the, of Moses, and Eliezer is going to take the place of Aaron. Yeah, so that's what Eliezer is doing now. He's taking the place of Aaron. So, and the, all the leaders of the congregation. Wait, did I we read that one? Let me see. And Moses, verse thirteen. And Moses, Eliezer the priest, and all the leaders of the congregation went to meet them outside the camp. So they're having a powwow outside the camp with Moses and Eliezer with the leaders. But Moses was angry, verse 14, and Mo but Moses was angry with the officers of the army, with the captains over thousands and captains over hundreds who had come from the battle. So Moses has beef with some of the leaders of the war monk, or the war uh, leaders, the commanders from the war. Verse 15, and Moses said to them, have you kept all the women alive? So, verse 15, Moses is concerned with the women, the females who were taken captive. Remember, they killed all the males, except for the male children. Verse 16, and they didn't give a age limit there. I don't, unless I missed it, which is entirely possible, of how old the guys were that they killed. Probably 20 years old and above, but most likely any guy that looked grown. But I, it, I don't remember it saying, but... um those are the only one males that survived and they took the women captive as some sort of servants or slaves um, verse 16 look these women caused the children of Israel through the council of Balaam to trespass against the Lord in the incident of Peor and there was a plague among the congregation of the Lord so that answers my question there was Balaam and Balak. Um, and we read earlier that one of them was killed. Let me scroll up to see. Uh, um, I mean, we just read it. We weren't that deep into the chapter. Let's see. Hopefully I can remember to get back to where we were. Okay, Balaam, the son of Beor, they also killed with the sword. That's verse 8. We're at verse, they killed all the males in verse 17. Here we go. Um, okay, verse 16. <clears throat> Sorry, so Balaam is the sort of soothsayer, um, I guess, prophet, because he was able to call on the Lord and get appearances from who was identified as the Lord at the time. And each time, Lord was translated from the word Jehovah, and it was a Lord who was concerned with the same congregation of people at that same time. So it seems consistent in that sense. That that's who's killed, and I guess Bilak must have already been killed in some battle. And now that I think about it, that's probably where he was already taken out. But in this instance, now Balaam, the sort of soothsayer, also was killed um, because of the whole thing with the people, this misleading the people with 
bad religion, so to speak. Verse 17, now therefore kill every male among the little ones and kill every woman who has known a man intimately. Now, there's more killing being required by the Lord, it's saying, is commanding them to take the lives of more people, more of God's creation, who were taken already as slaves, as as um as um captives um from a war they didn't ask for and then also now being slaughtered the men have already been slaughtered now even the male little ones and even the women who've um done things with their lady parts already are to be slaughtered also so it's um seems pretty ruthless and inconsistent for a lord who tells us thou shalt not kill but I'm not going to keep repeating that because this is really just only the beginning. Like Jem said in Jem and the Holograms, it really is only the beginning because it's going to be slaughter after slaughter after slaughter from this point on um, throughout the um, next few chap uh, uh, throughout the next few books of the Bible. So in that sense, you might as well get used to it. And it seems it's the Lord calling for all that killing. The same Lord who said, Thou shalt not kill. Um, but let's just keep reading. Um, verse 18. But keep alive for yourselves all the young girls who have not known a man intimately. That sounds kind of pervy. But it's what's being commanded there. That the young virgins are to get to stay alive. And then what about the old girls? What if it's a, um older girl who's a virgin and hasn't known a man? Say like an older lesbian or something. There's never known that she gets to live, perhaps, maybe. A trans girl, she gets to live. A trans female gets to live because she's never known a male. I don't know. A trans man, I guess I should say, because at some point I guess they'd find out. Who knows? Verse 19, and as for you, remain outside the camp seven days. Whoever has killed any person, whoever has touched any slain, purify yourselves and your captives on the third day and on the seventh day. So that's the remedy for killing someone. Oh, because God tells them to. That gets to be the remedy. You get to go out and kill people and take other people captive to be your God knows what. But it's young girls who are virgins specifically who get to live. Everyone else gets slaughtered. But it's okay. Go ahead and bathe. Take, wash it off. And, um, if you even touch the body, you're also just as dirty as the one who killed them. Um, so you have to wash that off. But once you wash yourselves, twice in this case, because, you know, it was a slaughter, massacre. and it was, But it was sort of a holy war that you were sent on. So you have to do it twice. And, you know, stretch it out over a week, you know. And then that's the remedy for being told to massacre people. Purify every garment, everything made of leather, everything woven of goat's hair, and everything made of wool. Wood, I'm sorry. So, um, gotta consider those different articles. Those also have to be cleansed and purified. Then Eliezer the priest said to the men of war who had gone to the battle, This is the ordinance of the law which the Lord commanded Moses. So Eliezer's like, Look, this is what you gotta do. Go out and kill all those people, but it's okay. Once you do, to make up for it, purify yourselves um, in this prescribed way on those certain days, as we're telling you, and you'll have done your duty. It's your part in the holy war. 
Verse 22, only the gold, only the gold, the silver, the bronze, the iron, tin, and the lead. Uh-oh, we're getting down to the precious metals. Why are they getting singled out? I wonder why. Let's see. Why do they get singled out as something to be held differently? Let's see. Maybe they just get to be left alone. Let's see. Since, you know, heaven's not where those are going. Let's see. Verse 23. Everything that can endure fire, you shall put through the fire, and it shall be clean, and it shall be purified with the water of purification. But all that cannot endure fire, you shall put through water. Oh, okay, so it's not like you're going to throw it away or give it away or leave it there for the rats or for nature or the elements to eat alive or for the poor to come along with and enrich themselves with. You know, like when it says to leave the vineyard fallow for that one year, um, Sabbath year for the vineyard, just leave it there for whoever comes along. You're not going to do that with the spoils of metal, special pre- precious metals. If they can endure fire, you're to take them. And if they can't endure fire and they're precious things, uh, you're to take them too. Um, but they just won't endure fire. They'll, they'll endure the holy water that you know we got the recipe for a few chapters back. And that's from the Lord telling people to do that, according to the narrative. And you shall wash your clothes on the seventh day and be clean. And afterward, you may come into the camp. So there you go. You're allowed to commit that slaughter, that massacre, because the Lord tells you to. And um, do the process of cleansing yourself. Make sure you set aside the precious metals, golds and things. Those aren't, you know, only those alone. And um, bathe on that day, those days, and do what you have to do, and then you'll be clean. You get to join the camp again, just like everybody else. Verse 25, now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, so another message from God. Verse 26, count up the plunder that was taken of man and beast, you and Eliezer, the priest, and the chief fathers of the congregation. So now the Lord is saying, take an account of what it is you took, the spoils, the booty. Um, But don't just do it one person or two people, but do a a few of you, him and Eliezer. And um the um the um elders is it the elders the um fathers chief fathers so yeah sort of the elders of the congregation so sort of trusted people people who have authority anyway verse twenty seven and divide the plunder into two into part into two parts excuse me between those who took part in the war who went out to battle and all the congregation. So now there's dividing the spoil, splitting up the booty, two cheeks, two parts, one side for people who went to war, one side for people who didn't, but still took part in it. Sort of like if you really were to think of it in a biblical sense, you would send it some of the people on January 6th who took part in busting through walls and um, uh, pooping on on surfaces and chanting threats but you'd also put the other cheek to the test too to some punishments also the part that financed it that planned it that set it in order that told people the haters that's what's going to be happening come january 6th because remember people like steve bannon for instance are publicly announcing that something big was going to be happening that day and he wasn't alone and yet he doesn't get treated like an ex-felon at all. 
He has the complexion for protection and he flexes it without without punishment it seems. You know, well he did at least get pardoned for the punishments that he did get and gets to roll on with his business. <laughs> Isn't that something? If only everyone got that kind of freedom. Anyway, even after the attack on the Capitol, go figure. Anyway, verse um, 28. And let be a tribute for the Lord and on the men of war who went out to battle, one of every 500 of the persons, the cattle, the donkeys, and the sheep. So now notice, again, the Lord is dividing up people just like people and sheep. Chattel slavery, treating people like property. Does that really sound like the Lord God Almighty, who is no respecter of property, sees everyone equally in the same? And yet, that's how it reads. And that's all, because it reads that way, that's another reason I focus on being a red-letter Christian. Because I don't think you should throw out the whole Bible, but... I think if you're going to call yourself a Christian, why would you let anything else take a higher authority over what Jesus has to say? If you're a Christian, that is. And it's such a small part of the Bible. Tenth, tithe, why would you? Why would you? But, you know, people do all day. Um, But in this instance, now they've been ordered to massacre people. Which you can imagine, a lot of people who do thump the Bible, they probably embrace that part. Because they'll, em- they'll embrace the eye for an eye part, an eye for an eye, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth part, parts of the Bible. They'll embrace those, um, unless it's them, until someone lashes out and gets some revenge on them. Until they're being hunted down and um, a chance of their head are being called out. Then they don't want that at all then. But they'll quickly shift back to it, just like the previous vice president. You see, when it was his head being hunted, he had a different face on, terror. But once it's over, he's gone right back to looking for some boots to lick, it seems. Um, And probably even going to run in the next election, go figure. But, you know, that's, that's America. Uh, but it's nothing new. You see, even back then, it, things are being laid out for the elite to be able to indulge in and for the people to be able to abide by. So now, uh, verse 28, and levy a tribute for the Lord on the men of war who went out to battle. One of every five. Oh, okay, so this is the part that's where, you know, the people are being treated like property again. Because now, on the men of war side, the ones who went out of battle, that out to battle, one out of every 500 of the different things that they've taken out are to be taken to the Lord. So let you know it's a whole lot of people, cattle, donkeys, and sheep for just one side to have to do one out of every 500 to be de- dedicated to the Lord. Um, but that's just from one side who holds blame in the battle, who has blood on their hands in the battle. They have two hands. On the other side, uh, well, on that same side, verse 29, take it from their half and give it to Eliezer the priest as a heave offering to the Lord. So one out of every 500 people, cattle, so on and so forth, are to be taken for that half, that side of the spoil divided for the people who went out to battle. 
and it's taken from them and given to Eliezer the priest. Verse 30, and from the children of Israel's half, you'll take one of every 50, drawn from the persons, the cattle, the donkeys, and the sheep, from all the livestock, and give them to the Levites who keep charge of the tabernacle of the Lord. So instead of one out of every 500, which would be just a few, since those people put their neck on the line to go out to battle and war, uh, they did one out of every 500, out of their half of the booty, which is already divided. But out of the other half of the loot and booty that's been divided, the other cheek, the people's half, who didn't take part in a physical war, but the citizenry, as it were, who sort of enabled them to uh, uh, wage the war through the taxation that's been put on the people for the different behaviors that they've indulged in, the different citations that the legal system, the law, has cited them for. They've had to pay for it in cattle, in sheep, in rams, in goats, in uh, flour, in this, in wine, in that, in the other. They've had to pay for it in all those things. And in paying for it in all those things, it's built up the base quickly, it seems, for the religious leaders that they're able to even wage war. They're able to wage the war by drafting, I'm sorry, recruiting, as it says it, recruiting the people to go out and go to the war that they've told them to go to. And the people, since they're being led by the religious leaders telling them to do it, they feel encouraged that, hey, God must be with us. God's the one telling us to do it. It's a holy war. So they go out and do it. And so their part is even greater since they're just the citizenry, the people who are funding it. They get to take one out of every 50 instead of one out of every 500. So a lot more of their half is going to be going to... Uh, I presume uh, Eliezer, yeah. So Moses and Eliezer the priest did as the Lord commanded Moses. So yeah, their half is also going to be going to uh, uh, Eliezer, but it's not going to be half. It's going to be a higher proportion of what their half is giving up. Um, so they're going to giving up a lot more uh, proportionately. Um, even though ultimately it's only half of the same spoil, that um, the uh, that the warriors, basically soldiers, are giving up. Um, it's still a higher proportion of what they're giving. Sort of like the rate of police brutality that leads to death um, among Americans. A higher number of white people are killed by police, but a higher percentage, proportion, proportionately of black people are killed by police. So since the proportion, since the portion of the population that is black is smaller, something like 10 to 12 percent, last I checked, um, of the population is black, you know, identifies as black or identifiable as black, um, is only 10 or 12 percent. If you kill more or brutalize more black people, you're, let, it's not even more. Let's say if you 
say you beat up 10 black people and you beat up 10 white people and you're the police um then you might say oh well it's equal 10 black people and 10 white people got beat up they're equal they're fair to everybody that's not fair to everybody when you consider that black people only make up about 10 percent of the population so if you have a hundred people and the police beat up 10 black people and beat up 10 white people then you beat up only what if, so 10 percent if it's 10 black people are only 10 percent of the population so they say round it out are only 10 people to begin with of those hundred people we'll say 12 percent if you want to um if you want to um be closer to the actual number we'll say 12 percent so if you, if they say the police beat up 10 peep 10 black people and beat up 10 white people so black people are 12 percent so that means the other 88 percent are white people so uh, you beat up 10 black people that lead that means almost the entire population of black people experienced some sort of violence was beat up that means only two black people did not experience that for police brutality probably republicans but that means of the 88 percent of white people 10 of those get beat up that means 78 white people didn't get beat up that means the 10% of those 78 white people, I'm sorry, 88 white people is approximately 10% of those people, just under 10% of those people. So you see, proportionately, the number may be the same. It may be 10 white people and 10 black people, but because black people only make up 12%, that's almost all black people and just leaves only 2% of the black people who don't experience that brutality Whereas white people, for the most part, don't experience it. 90 plus percent, just over 90 percent, don't experience that police brutality, that kind of killing. So they probably think it's okay, it doesn't happen, because proportionately it's a smaller percentage of them. It's only 10 percent of them, whereas it's almost the entire population of black people. And just as a for instance, of how it works and how it's working out for them with them taking dividing the spoils so if it's one in 500 for the uh the warriors that's a whole lot it, it would have to be for them to only take one in 500 otherwise they just say oh, we'll just take 10 or we'll just take 20. so it lets you know it's a whole lot but they'll probably at some point since this is called numbers give us the exact number Let's keep moving. Verse 33, 72. Um, I think we jumped ahead. Okay, so verse 31. So Moses and Eliezer priest did as the Lord commanded Moses. I think we read that one. Verse 32. The booty remained, remaining from the plunder which the men of war had taken was 675,000 sheep. So they're saying that's what's left over from the plunder. So you know it's a whole lot that they plundered, taken, looted from the people for luring them away into idolatry. Verse 33, 72,000 cattle. So they're naming them off. It's a whole lot of stuff that they've taken as plunder 
from the people for idolatry, it seems. Even though the people did it voluntarily, the, the children of Israel joined to them voluntarily. They're the ones with the commandment. It's just like people who um, step out on their spouses without approval. Um, why get mad at the side piece? The one who's breaking the vow is the one who walked down the aisle with you or wherever you got married or however you did it. The one who's in the contract with you, not the side piece. It makes no sense. Well, then it makes sense in the fact that you don't want to let go of the person you're espoused to, you're married to, you're in it together with. That's how it makes sense. So you take advantage out of who you can or think you can. Verse 34, 61,000 donkeys, so they're naming off the cattle and spoil the animals, and 32,000 persons in all of women who had not known a man intimately. Wow, so 32,000 basically virgins, uh, although it says women, so presumably they're all of age. Hopefully they're all at least of some sort of age of consent, if there was such a thing back then. Verse 36, and the half, the portion of those who had gone out to war in number, 3,300 37, I'm sorry, I think I must have read, misread that, so let's start again. Verse 36, and the half, the portion for those, for, there it was, for those who had gone out to war was in number 337,500 sheep, and the Lord's tribute of the sheep was 675. So, it's giving us in those two verses the breakdown of how much the half came up to um, for um, those who had gone out to war, the warriors, the battle, the ones who were the soldiers. Um, and then verse 37 was the Lord's tribute portion, and the amount there was 675 of theirs. Um, verse 38, the cattle were 36,000 of which the Lord's tribute was 72. So rounding it up, um, the Lord's portion, um, you know, adding, gathering, adding them up. The donkeys were 32,500, of which the Lord's tribute was 61. So that's how many donkeys. The persons were 16,000, of which the Lord's tribute was 32 persons. So when it says the Lord's portion was those that many persons, people, um, that means those are the people going to be given to the um, service of presumably the priests and Levites and people of the religion. I guess it's going to specify specifically and the rest are going to be, I guess, the property of the people. And since it said there are women who haven't known a man, virgins, um, and young, you could imagine what uh, they're in for. Verse 41, so Moses gave the tribute, which was the Lord's heave offering to Eliezer the priest as the Lord commanded Moses. So um, Moses has done what the Lord told him to and did the heave offering as basically was lifted up, waved to the Lord as an offering 
And again, part of it is has is a more is a memorial portion for the Lord, and the rest is the priests. They get to have it. And from the verse forty two, forty two, and from the children of Israel's half, which Moses separated from the men who fought. So from the other half of the people who didn't go out to war, but you know still contributed. And in their own way, as being part of the congregation, cotton mouth, excuse me. So, from their half, now, verse 43, not a half belonging to the congregation was 337,500 sheep. So a whole lot more from them because remember it's one out every 50 instead of one out every 500. 36,000 cattle, 30,500 donkeys, and 16,000 persons. So still a whole lot. Verse 47, and from the children of Israel's half, Moses took one of every 50 drawn from man and beast and gave them to the Levites who kept charge of the tabernacle of the Lord as the Lord commanded Moses. So those specifically are being given to the Levites, the ones who keep charge of the tabernacle specifically. specifically. Um, that's sort of their gift of the plunder of war. Verse 48, then the officers who were over thousands of the armies of the army, the captains of thousands and captains of hundreds came near to Moses. So the commanders are going near to Moses. They must have something to say. Verse 49, and they said to Moses, your servants have taken account of the men of war who are under our command and not a man of us is missing. So they're saying they've um, taken stock of census of who went out to battle and no one is missing. They killed, utterly killed everyone. Don't forget, it was sort of, what, from what we can tell, unprovoked. As far as they knew, they were friends with the um, people who just slaughtered them. They didn't know they had beef with them. They went there and married them and engaged in their idol, their worship of their same gods and stuff. So they didn't realize there was really any beef, as far as I can tell from what we've read. So they didn't real, probably, probably didn't realize that... Um, there was even beef going on between them, and yet that probably led to why they were able to go there and slaughter all of them and kill them. They thought they were friends, but they didn't know they they were showing up to their door uh, with um, death in mind. Verse 50, therefore we've brought an offering for the Lord, what every man found, of ornaments of gold armlets of bracelets and signet rings and earrings and necklaces to make atonement for ourselves before the Lord. So they're like, look, there is so much spoil, so much booty. We feel so blessed. And to make atonement for how unrighteous we have been in one way or the other, we feel like we've taken up an offering here. Take this. It's the extra stuff, all the other jewels and stuff that we have, you know, that we decided. Oh, it's a cherry on top. So Moses, verse 51, so Moses and Eliezer, the priests, received the gold from them, all the fashioned ornaments. So, of 
course, the religious leaders, Moses and Eliezer, are accepting the gift. It's just like any uh, church leader in modern times is going to do, and in some religions command you to do. They're going to take the gift, verse 52, and all the gold of the offering that they offer to the Lord from the captains of thousands and captains of hundreds was 16,750 shekels. If I remember right, a shekel is three ounces. So if you want to try to figure out how many pounds that is, feel free. I'm not going to go through that math right now. Um, but I guess quick mental math will be about 48,000 pounds, which then if you divide it into 16, oh, I guess you could save yourself the trouble and just enter it into there. Um... 16, a thousand pounds. Uh, you can do it. <laughs> I just got lost in emotions with it. But you can figure out it's a whole lot. That That's what they're offering of just the gold. The men of war had taken spoil every man uh, for himself. So that's just what they taken of, um, of the people, you know... I guess it's going to drive me a little cuckoo if I don't do the math. So let me just use the utility. If I can remember where it is. Oh, that's the translator. Um, how will we do that anyway? Where is the tools? Okay. It's that Rastafrescent, Maui, Maui, I'm telling you, so I'm blaming. Um, why are the tools on my phone eluding me? Oh, there they are, in utilities, okay. And calculator, let's clear it out. Um, there. 16,000 divided by... 16 pounds, right? Um, 16,050 shekels. So about 3,000 pounds. Since, um, you'll have to do the math. I'm so sorry. It's, it got me stumped. And we're so close to the you know, it's really not that difficult. I should be able to figure it out. 16,050 16, shekels. Let's start with that. I'm sorry. I just can't let this one rest. <laughs> I just have to feel like we should, it's not that complicated. So let's not complicate it now. And let's first find that utility the calculator it said there are 16,500 shekels so to find out how much a shekel is it's that means it's three ounces so to convert a shekel to an ounce how would we do that we would um, turn it to 
pounds. So, okay, so let's do this. Multiply it by three. That's 49,300, 49,500 um, ounces. Because each, um, no, 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 16,500 divided by three, right? Wouldn't that be it? Because each one is three shekels. No, no, I think we were right the first time. Sorry. It's been so long. 16,500 times three. So that's 49,500 divided by 16. If I'm, don't hold me to it, my math. If I'm right, it's 3,093 pounds of, um, is it gold we're talking about here? Uh, gold yeah so that's a whole lot of gold and if you might have you gonna if my math is right and if my math is wrong forgive me and then if you want to translate that to how much gold is going for for per ounce in modern times you could imagine how much money that's worth that they're giving back for their uh as loot for their um war effort um, verse 53, the men of war had taken spoil every man for himself. Um, so it's every man for himself when it comes to the spoil for the actual warriors who went out to war at, I guess at this point, it's every man for yourself and the rest of it. Verse 54, Moses and Eliezer, the priests received the gold from the captains of thousands and of hundreds and brought it into the tabernacle meeting as a memorial for the children of Israel before the Lord. So um, the religious people gathered with the extra, the, the free will offering as it were, that the people gave all that extra gold that they gave back because it was just so much that they got and they were just that enriched. And like they said, none of them died from the attack. It was basically a, a sneak attack. They caught them sleeping and killed them all. Um, and so far, no uh, emotion from Moses about um, killing, say like his father-in-law Jethro, it's his people, um, killing him off, nothing at all. Um, but it didn't mention Jethro either. The high priest as being one of the ones who was killed, only the rulers, the so maybe it doesn't bother Moses' conscience. Uh, whatever the case may be, that's the end of this reading. That's because uh, that's the end of the chapter. As always, I appreciate you checking it out with me as we approach the end of book, the book of Numbers and hope you'll join me again. Stay safe. God bless you. and See you next time. Peace be with you.